You're listening to Left of the Dial. I'm your host, Kitsy, and with me, as always, is the uninsurable Caleb Coy. Oh, no. <laughs> That's a scary thought. Yeah. No, we, we tried to get insurance for you, and the insurance company said no. <laughs> so uh, oh, no. don't don't get us sued or anything. Would, would, that, would that make me maladjusted? Because they, they couldn't send an adjust. I don't know. I've, I thought there was a joke there, but... No. There, was, there wasn't. <laughs> Change your description this week to the unfunny Caleb Coy. Oh, it's true. It's not true. <laughs> hey, Caleb, we have two really exciting things happening this week. That is, that's true. That's true. What's the, what's the first one? Well, the first one is... Well, the one that's happening right now. Let's talk about the second one. Yeah, let's talk about the second let's one. Let's talk about the second one first. Tomorrow... If you're listening to this uh, on the day that it comes out, which is Friday the 12th of February 2021, uh, tomorrow, Saturday the 13th of February 2021. Very exciting. Very exciting day. It's a very exciting day. We are, we've been making some uh, uh, hints at, uh, at a new project that we, we've been working on. It's, it's been a long time coming, but we are very excited to announce Left of the Dial Live. And you may be wondering, Caleb, what is left of the dial live? I was wondering that. Would you tell us? I will. I will tell us. Uh, Left of the dial live is uh, we're going to have bands come into our studio and they are going to play a live set and we are going to stream it for you. That sounds awesome. Yeah. How will I access that? How will you access that? Well, you can go to leftofthedial.live, which right now forwards to our YouTube channel and you can subscribe to that channel. And that is where we will be streaming at least this uh, this coming one tomorrow. Uh, we'll be streaming there. I don't know if we're going to do them on YouTube forever, but for right now we are. Well, I'm subscribed now. Well, you're subscribed now. Perfect. Then uh, when the time comes, just go to our channel and you will uh, you will see the live stream. And what what's the live stream going to be? You ask. I'm glad you yeah, asked. What is what is that going to be? Uh, it's going to be a band from Philadelphia called Riverby, who we actually uh, covered on the podcast last year. Hey, I remember them. We said that they were an enjoyable listening experience. We did. And now they're going to be an enjoyable uh, listening and viewing experience for all of you. That's very exciting. So that is happening Friday. No, sorry. Saturday, the 13th, February 2021 at 8 p.m. Eastern time, Eastern U.S. time. And you can go to leftofthedial.live slash Riverbee to be taken straight to the uh, live stream. I should take a note of that so I can make sure it's in the show notes. Yes, you should. Left to the dial dot live. Slash Riverby. That's R-I-V-E-R-B-Y. Slash Riverby. That's very exciting. I can't wait to, to see and hear and experience this. Uh, and I think this is a, a really awesome kind of natural progression of what we've been trying to do with getting music into people's ear holes. Uh, now we can get it into their eye holes as well. Exactly. And as much as we've all missed live music so much, uh, like I'm, I'm thrilled that uh, we at Night Shift Media uh, can participate in like getting live music back. Yeah, this is going to be very fun. This has been a long time coming. I have been working on this almost for a year now, trying yeah. to get this up and running, uh, getting the studio built and getting the infrastructure in place to do this. Uh, I was hoping to have it done a lot sooner, but here we are. We're finally here, and I 
I, I hope that everyone listening, uh, I hope you check out the live stream because I am very excited to finally be able to bring this uh, out into the world as a thing. Yeah, well, I mean, you, you, as you, we've noted uh, recently, we just hit our one-year anniversary with Left of the Dial, the show, and we're coming up fast on the one-year anniversary of the Night Shift Radio Network uh, of all of our shows. And yeah, you've been talking about this for a long time, and I'm super excited to, to see it come to fruition and uh, really excited to see your, your studio set up in action. It's been gorgeous watching it uh, get built. So... Real, real good stuff here. Yeah, it's I'm I'm very excited. So, uh, as as we are recording this, I have about a week to wait until we can actually do it. But for you, listener, it's tomorrow or today if you're <laughs> listening to this on Saturday. And if That's you're listening true. to this after the fact, um, keep an eye on our YouTube channel because we will. Uh, it won't be up right away, but we will be posting the the full video of the show on YouTube for perpetual watching. Uh, within a couple of weeks. So if you missed it, don't worry. It's it's going to be there. Just just subscribe to the channel. Go to uh, leftofthedial.live to go straight to our YouTube channel and subscribe, and you will see it as soon as it's posted, and it's going to be so cool. Amazing. Well, the other exciting thing this week for us, uh, as I mentioned, you know, we're, we're approaching the, the one-year anniversary of the Night Shift Radio Network, now the Night Shift Media Group, because um, we're branching out into more than just podcasts, as we uh, just uh, revealed with uh, Left of the Dial Live. Uh, we are ex- having a multi-show network crossover event this week. Again? Uh, again. Didn't so, we just uh, do one of those? We did. We recently did a, a crossover with uh, our Battlestar Galactica fan cast, Set Condition 1, uh, with our uh, flagship movie shit-talking podcast, uh, Never Heard of It. Uh, and that was so much fun that we couldn't wait to do uh, another similar event. We're doing this a little bit differently, though. Uh, so for those of you listening, on Friday the 12th, uh, we have at least three shows that are uh, we're, uh, working on a common theme. Uh, so coming into the show today... Uh, you might have noticed that it was a little bit different than what we normally talk about. Uh, we don't usually uh, play chiptune songs uh, on Left of the Dial. Yeah, maybe you don't. Uh, well, I don't. Um, <laughs> but what you heard coming in was the Scott Pilgrim anthem performed by Anna Managuchi. Uh, and you might guess that the theme this week... Is Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Our friends over at the Superpod Hero Cast are doing uh, an episode today where they drew Scott Pilgrim versus the world out of Thor's helmet, and they're going to do a full deep dive into the film. Uh, so if you are into that movie, then definitely go and check out. They they have great perspective, great sense of humor, and uh, they'll dig deep into the you know the comic lore and everything. Uh, and so you're going to get some some really great fun facts about that movie and the comics uh, that inspired it uh, by, of course. Uh, Korean slash French Canadian artist uh, O'Malley. His name is uh, Brian Lee O'Malley. Uh, so definitely check that out. Uh, we here at Left of the Dial are talking, of course, about the Scott Pilgrim versus the World soundtrack, um, both to the uh, the Scott Pilgrim versus the World game and the movie. So we've got some, lots of great stuff to cover. Uh, and over on our uh, buddy Michael Fight show, Fight Jokes About Everything, he's going to be digging into the cultural impact of movies like Scott Pilgrim. Uh, so we've got some, some really great stuff. And you know, uh, we're not 100% sure as of the taping of this episode, but you may be able to head over to our Patreon, the Night Shift Radio Patreon at nsrad.io slash Patreon, uh, and you may be able to catch an exclusive bonus episode recorded just for this crossover as well. 
Uh, if it happens, it's going to be there. So, you know, why take a chance on missing it? Go ahead and subscribe. Yeah. And by subscribing to the Patreon, you, of course, can support our show and all the other wonderful, brilliant shows on the Night Shift Radio Network. So, uh, you know, if you've if you've been thinking, boy, I really want to support all these shows, but I don't want to have to sign up for a bunch of different Patreons. Well, we've got you covered. You can just do it mm-hmm. once and uh, once and done and, and support them all. So uh, definitely check that yeah. out. And if you have not already listened to the Superpod Hero cast uh, in your life, uh, I highly suggest you change that today. Yes, um, for sure. I actually got a sneak peek of uh, this week's episode about Scott Pilgrim uh, earlier today, and I can confirm that the episode is, in fact, about Scott Pilgrim. So uh, <laughs> that is uh, that is a guarantee from me that that's what you'll hear, I, is it will be about be Scott real, Pilgrim. I'd be real embarrassed if it wasn't, uh, given that I, I planned this whole crossover around them releasing that episode. <laughs> it would be very embarrassing. <laughs> uh, you know, it's, it's a great show, too, and you know, any any support that, that you are able to give to things like our, our Patreon and whatnot, it's going to help us keep uh, putting out really awesome content like that. And you're going to get uh, special bonus content, uh, behind-the-scenes stuff for projects like Left of the Dial Live, as well as early access to some of our shows. So lots of great stuff there. Um, but let's dig into the music of Scott Pilgrim versus the World. So, Kitsy, this was... Um, at least the 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 Anamanaguchi stuff was uh, a first for you. You were uh, unfamiliar. Uh, I'm familiar with Anamanaguchi. I just didn't know that they did the uh, Scott Pilgrim theme. Yeah. So uh, several years back, uh, around the, the same time that the the movie was released, uh, in fact, kind of ostensibly as a tie into the movie, but more inspired by the comics and the artwork uh, shows that uh, there was a video game that was kind of a classic like Double Dragon style, like side-scrolling brawler uh, in the world of uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the world. It was only around for about four years as a digital-only release. I actually picked it up uh, a long time ago, I think on Xbox 360. Uh, and then after a few years, it was just pulled completely due to some licensing issues. And it very recently made a comeback in this like complete edition with all of like the, the downloadable content, all of the unlockable characters, everything. Uh, and that was really exciting to me because I loved this game, but even more so, I fucking love this soundtrack. And I don't think that I've ever, with the possible exception of some of the old Castlevania stuff, which is just killer, uh, I don't think I've ever really gotten into a video game soundtrack and the way that I get into this. Uh, and if you're not familiar, Anamanaguchi is a New York-based band uh, that does the chiptune style, so kind of uh, 8-bit video game-esque inspired uh, music uh, using both uh, the the old video game hardware like NES and, and Game Boy hardware as well as traditional instruments to create kind of a mix of like pop and pop punk and uh, this old 8-bit sound. And the, the Scott Pilgrim anthem is a great example of that. And it, it's got some shred to it. It really does. It's just a delightful tune. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And like it, it it gets me amped up. And like this is, if I usually if I listen to the uh, the Scott Pilgrim uh, game soundtrack, there's a couple of tracks that I like seriously jam out to, and we'll talk about one more later. Uh, but the rest, of it, usually I just kind of put it on because it, it's really great background music. Because I mean, that's literally what it was designed for. It plays in the background just on a loop when you're playing the game. You know, each each song is a stage, so to speak. 
Uh, but these are cut so that they are intentionally like one full time through the song. So usually they're like minute and a half, couple minutes long. They're not they're not long tracks, but they give you a complete experience of the track. And uh, this it's just it's such an energetic jam. But uh, kind of shifting gears a little bit, moving from uh, the anthem of Scott Pilgrim <clears throat> by Anna Managuchi, I want to get a little bit into the music from the movie Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Uh, so why don't we go ahead and hear uh, We Are Sex Babam. did know some of the the backgrounds uh, to the music from this movie uh, because uh, I, I guess surprise I, I fucking love the movie and actually I rewatched it last night uh, and in my opinion it still holds up beautifully um, now the caveat to that is you have to go into this movie understanding that Scott is a dick uh, Scott is not someone to be admired or looked up to so if you think that he's like a hero or someone to be admired, you're taking away the wrong message from the movie. Now that said, it's a great movie, and so I, I knew some of the uh, the backstory, the history of the the, the soundtrack, but uh, I, I spent a fair bit of time this week digging more into that, so that I would have uh, fun information to talk about for this. Uh, and I think the 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 first most interesting thing that I, that I came across. Um, of the members of Sex Babam, uh, including uh, the eventual replacement bassist, Young Neil, uh, Michael Sarah was the only one who went into this knowing how to play an instrument. He actually does play bass. Which is interesting because I didn't think he did. I didn't, like, I would have never thought he was the one that would know how to play an instrument before. No. 
No, I did. And so, like, Alison Pill, who plays Kim Pine, uh, Johnny Simmons, who plays Young Neil, and Mark Weber, who plays Stephen Stills, none of them played an instrument before. So they all had to learn for this because uh, it was critical to uh, the director, uh, Edgar Wright, and the uh, producer, who was, uh, let me find, Nigel Godrick, uh, that the music feel authentic. And it does. It, it, it does. It does. You know, it's it's a... Uh... I love movies that do this where they actually, the, the actors actually learn to play the songs that they're playing. Yeah. Um, that thing you do is another great example. Um, those, those four actors had band practice for months learning how to play their instruments. And that's yeah. why, I mean, that's one of my favorite movies of all time. Uh, that thing you do, if you've never seen it, you gotta check it out. Uh, but yeah, it's just, just like in, in, uh, in, uh, Scott Pilgrim in, in that thing you do, like they, they actually are playing, the, the song that you're hearing, you're, they're not hearing them play it, but they're playing what you're hearing, and so it looks and feels real. And yeah. as a musician, I appreciate that because nothing sucks more for me than when there's like a scene of a band playing in a movie or a TV show, and you can tell that no one knows how to actually play the instruments that they're playing, and it's like, come on. Now, I could be wrong, but I think, uh, like, I, in the soundtrack, it's actually credited to Sex bob and I think that they are actually the ones playing. I know that the, the vocals are all authentic, but I'm pretty oh, sure really? it is actually them performing really? uh, on the soundtrack as well. Uh, and the, the, the crazy part about, like, Mark Weber, who plays Stephen Stills, who plays guitar and sings for Sex bob uh, claims also to have never sang. Uh, now, I, I don't believe that he never sang at all, but I can believe it that he never, like, performed, never, like, sang sure. in front of people. And so he had to learn to play guitar and be comfortable singing. Uh, you know, Allison had to learn to play drums, which is fucking hard. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, it, they come across as an authentic... Uh, like garage rock, lo-fi, just kind of young and figuring their shit out sort of band. Uh, And it feels so right. And, you know, they they talk about um, specifically not casting musicians, casting people that were right for the parts and making them into musicians. And that, like, it just, knowing that going in and watching it again, just makes it that much cooler. It, it really does. And I, I think that that makes a lot of sense, too, for those characters, because I don't get the sense that those characters are all supposed to be, like, super accomplished musicians, right? No. Like, they're they're not supposed to be, uh, you know, like, the best band in the world. Like, they're supposed to be a sloppy, noisy garage band that, you know, they're not, none of them are the best at what they do, but, like, they put their heart into it. And that's, like, that's kind of the vibe that they give off. And so I think that getting people that we're right for the parts, but didn't play instruments Then learning how to play those instruments just enough to, uh, to do those parts. I think that was a brilliant move on the, on yeah. the, uh, the movie's part. Absolutely. Uh, and as amazing as it is that the soundtrack is made up largely of songs, you know, performed by the bands that participate in the various like shows and battles of the bands and whatnot, uh, throughout the movie, there is some stuff peppered in, uh, that is either used as like, Ambient tracks for for different scenes, or specifically, uh, was requested by Brian Lee O'Malley because it had influence in the original Scott Pilgrim story. And uh, here, of course, I'm referring to the song "Scott Pilgrim" by Plumtree.
fuzz tones are so yes. good. So, so good. Uh, I'm glad that you pointed that out. I actually, I picked this song for two reasons, and I kind of picked it on the fly as we were talking, so uh, apologies to you for it not being on the, the list to prepare. Uh, but... Uh, I don't want to steal too much from uh, the Superpod guys uh, about the, the backstory of you know the relationship between the comics and the movies and whatnot, uh, but specifically this song uh, was a request from uh, Brian Lee O'Malley. Uh, he actually named the the character Scott Pilgrim after this song. It existed before, like Plumtree was one of his favorite bands, and oh. he was writing. Yeah, he was writing this story that was very much based on his own personal life. Now, not to the extreme that he actually fought seven evil exes, uh, but you know, some a lot of the characters and stuff like that were were drawn from people and things in his life to the point where, like in your mo- in the movie, you'll actually see Scott wearing a plum tree shirt. Uh, oh no way! I, I think that I think that that's fucking cool. Uh, and you called out the the fuzz tones, which are absolutely gorgeous on this track. Um, I wasn't familiar with plum tree outside of this song, uh, but this makes me want to hear more from them. Uh, but it feels very much like Plumtree would have been a band that Sex Bobom was inspired by. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely, one hundred percent. Listening to this for the first time just now, actually, uh, that was kind of my first thought. Was like, okay, yeah, I get why uh, this was on the soundtrack because this sounds like what Sex Bobom is trying to do. And yeah. uh, I, and like you, I had never been uh, familiar with this band. Uh, either uh, before now. So I uh, actually just made a note to go back and look up some of their music because uh, I'm already a fan. Yeah. And like, I, I love that. Like this episode taught us both something new that we weren't expecting. So hell yeah. And that's, you know what? That's the best kind of thing in yeah. podcast land is to learn. Anyway, I, I, I went into this, that. I went into this mostly expecting to talk about Anamanaguchi and sex Bob and, then on the fly, I'm like, we got to talk about this plum tree song. Yeah, um, I'm glad we did. But yeah, so um, for the like, basically all of the musical acts in the movie were based on uh, real life bands to some extent, uh, and some of those real life bands also had a hand in the creation of the soundtrack. And uh, I specifically want to go out into the uh, the break uh, talking about. Uh, two tracks, because they're both incredibly short, uh, by the band Crash and the Boys, uh, which was actually uh, inspired by, although it doesn't necessarily, isn't intended to sound like, but is inspired by a broken social scene. Uh, okay. And w- one of the members of broken social scene uh, helped write these songs. And so it's uh, another really, really cool tie-in. Um, and I love how deeply they integrated um, like actual musicians and writers and producers and people who understood not just the industry, but the daily grind of being a musician into making this movie feel so authentic that even in these, like like one song is literally like, I mean, the the track is 12 seconds, but the song I think is three. (laughs) The other is less than a minute, but they feel like I, I, I would go to like some shitty bar show somewhere and like see a band play these songs and like it would make sense. On these tracks, I'm I'm pretty sure I'm trying to find the the name of the the performer from Broken Social Scene, but uh, they like wrote and recorded the the instruments to this, and then Eric Knudsen, who plays the the singer for uh, Crash and the Boys, sings over them, uh, and yeah, apparently was a huge Broken Social Scene fan, so. 
Uh, it was a, a real big deal for him. Uh, but I love specifically that uh, We Hate You, Please Die feels like uh, a real old like noise punk uh, jam, but with like rockabilly vocals. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, there's there's a, a fun energy to it. And uh, uh, again, as you, you've heard me talk about in the past, uh, anyone who's listened to the show long enough, I you know, play the bass and love, love a good bass line. And uh, a recurring theme throughout all of the, the tracks from this is growly, crunchy, fuzzy, distorted bass. Yep. And this has it just in buckets. Sure does. <laughs> it really does. And... Uh... Yeah, I don't know that I have too much to say about these. They're just uh, they're just fun songs. Yeah, and, and again, I, I I didn't really feel like we'd have a, a big like critical teardown of uh, of these tracks. I just I I am having so much fun just doing something different and, and presenting these these songs for fun. Fair enough. Well, yeah. hey, why don't we take a quick break? We'll hear the uh, the double header of. I'm so sad, so very, very sad, and We Hate You, Please Die by Crash and the Boys off of the Scott Pilgrim vs. the World original motion picture soundtrack. And when we come back, we'll talk about some more of Caleb's picks from this particular soundtrack, so stay tuned. This song is called I Am Sad, So Very, Very Sad. sad. Thank you. This next one's called We Hate You, Please Die. jokes about everything every monday wednesday and friday we're going to bring up a brand new topic something that's hot on the internet because because i live on the internet and we're going to take those silly things and we're going to joke about them and we're going to you know talk a little bit about the history of them and talk about why the internet is such a terrible but wonderful place so please join me every monday wednesday and friday for this brand new night shift radio original for more information go to nightshiftradio.com and of course subscribe wherever you get podcasts Hi, I'm Sarah Sweeney, host of the new podcast, Latchkey Kids. Right now, we're all at home, left to our own devices without any adult supervision. Each weekish, I'll talk to my fellow Latchkey Kids about what they're up to, how they're wasting time, and, because I can, make them perform a dramatic reading of a TV show theme song. So join me, wherever you get your podcasts. Mindless monsters, once thought human, fill the streets. A corrupt government threatens the lives of the people it's meant to serve. 
This sounds a little too familiar. Is this real life? Or a video game you can play for fun? Shift Talk to You, Night Shift Radio's newest original production, is your LGBTQ centered source for creative and thoughtful discussions and news at the intersection of gaming, diversity, and community. You can expect unboxings, game reviews, let's plays, community nights, celebrations of what video games are doing right, critical conversations about where the gaming industry needs to do better, and so much more. Be the first to know when new episodes drop by following us on Twitter and Instagram at NSR Shift Alt Q. And on Twitch at Shift Alt Q to join the community. For more information about Shift Alt Q, visit nightshiftradio.com. to left of the dial i am still kitsy caleb is still uninsurable i'm being real careful that's good and we're still talking about the scott pilgrim versus the world original motion picture soundtrack yes you know i i I love this movie and i love the soundtrack but i have to say i think i would enjoy the movie a lot more if scott pilgrim weren't in it (laughs) you have said that to me before. like i he's just he's a weenie i don't like him you know i Kind of like I, like I was saying earlier, the the takeaway, I think, it, the, you're right. He's he's not a, a good person, not a good character, and uh, I I think, I mean, yeah, he he does show some some growth towards the end, which is good. Uh, but I think you're kind of supposed to not really like him or relate to him. And uh, it it took me a, a little while to to learn that lesson. I think when I when I first saw it, I was like, this character feels really relatable, and I'm glad it doesn't anymore. Yeah. Uh, no, agreed. Um, I think, you know, I think I would love to see um, a Ramona Flowers movie of hmm. of her, like, you know, of her actually fighting all these exes, get it, you know, getting over them, so to speak, getting past them and like moving on and finding herself and building herself a life. Like, that's the movie I want to see. I would enjoy that. That would be fun. And I mean, Mary Elizabeth Winstead 
fucking slayed in that role. She, oh, she's yeah. really the ca- good. The casting of this whole movie was it was amazing. Just stellar. Um I looked when we were on the break and it was Kevin Drew from Broken Social Scene who was involved in oh, writing okay. and performing these songs. Uh and apparently took some inspiration from Napalm Death. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Uh Napalm Death, of course, uh famous for the song You Suffer, uh which is uh I believe about what three seconds long something like that i I think you're right (laughs) yes uh but but coming back in from the break we heard another track by sex babam called garbage truck uh and i I was trying to find exactly uh in this uh this write-up about uh how much involvement beck had in the performance aspect Uh, i know at least for like reference he like like so I guess I should take a step back and say the the Sex Babam songs are written by Beck. Uh, the lyrics are all taken directly from the comics, which is actually a really interesting creative process. Like he had them available; that was all they had to go on, uh, or all the, any of the artists had to go on from uh, this. Was the the lyrics and uh, in some cases, I think actual like chord progressions that Brian Lee O'Malley had put into the books. Uh, but then they had to create songs around that, which is a, a really cool way to to go about that. Um, but at the very least, Beck laid down reference tracks, and then you know the band uh, performed along to it. But it it could be that what we're hearing on the soundtrack is actually like his music with then uh, Mark Webber uh, and like other vocals on top of it. Um, but yeah, Garbage Truck is one of those songs. And we talked earlier about how they're just like a, a super fuzzy, kind of sloppy garage rock, uh, like young upstart band. Uh, and I love the care with which Beck approached this to get that feel right and how important it was to him for this band, Sex Babam, practicing in Stephen Stills' living room to not feel super polished and like, you know, like some bright up and coming radio pop sensation uh, because they weren't. And like he is quoted somewhere. I was saying like how much he hates the way like most bands like this are treated in movies where it's just super unrealistic. I love how real it feels, you know, Uh, (laughs) before I knew that the, the lyrics were written out in the books, like it still felt like they would be back songs anyway. (laughs) Yeah, it kind of does. It's singing about it. You know, I'll be your garbage man. I'll take out your junk in my truck. <laughs> I mean, what won't Beck write about, you know? Yeah, it's, 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 it's weird and it's beautiful and it's great. And I, I love it. So uh, I have a question for you, Caleb. You might know the answer to this. And in fact, the Super Pod guys may have even covered this. But uh, so the, the, the singer in this band, uh, this fictional uh-huh. band, is named Stephen Stills. Yes. Now, is that supposed to be a reference to the actual Stephen Stills of uh, music fame? You know, I honestly wouldn't be surprised. I, I um, only ask that because Stephen Stills, of course, is well known for his work uh, with Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young, uh, which, of course, featured Neil Young, who is... And we have Young Neil. <laughs> uh, we have not Young Neil in this movie, so I'm just wondering if that's, like... If that's intentional. I would probably... I would feel comfortable saying yes uh, and be uh, safe telling someone to prove me wrong uh, rather than the other way around. (laughs) But uh, it does make me wonder what happened to Crosby and Nash. Why aren't they represented in this film? Maybe they are. Maybe Maybe they are. haven't found it yet. Maybe. 
<laughs> anyway, just a but, thought I was having. No, that's a that's a great call out. Um, so the I mentioned that a lot of the characters are based on real life people. Um, the character of Envy Adams, uh, who is the singer of The Clash at Demon Head, uh, is actually based on uh, the real life singer of uh, Metric, Emily Haynes. And the song that The Clash Demon Head performs in this uh, movie, uh, called Black Sheep, is originally a metric song that they had never released prior to this soundtrack. Oh, I didn't know that. Why don't we go ahead and hear it?
So there's a, a couple of things in particular that stand out about this track. Uh, one being, as much as we've talked about how like Sex Bob-Om and Crash and the Boys and you know, some of the <clears throat> other music of this is intended to be rough around the edges and very like raw and authentic, um, in the story, the Clash of Demon Head is presented as the band from the area that like made it big. Yeah. Like, they've signed with a major label, they've moved away, they're touring, and like and they come back to town with the lights and the polish and you know the multiple albums out and like cover the the local zines and shit like that. And uh using this metric song just really, really like hammers that home. Like I I, I love first of all that this was an existing track that yeah. they they reworked for this. Uh but two, like Again, Brandon Ruth spent like three or four months learning to play bass. Uh, Brie Larson can fucking sing. Like in this case, they they cast someone that they knew had a good voice to emulate this track. And um, I'll share it in the show notes, but you can get. I think it used to be a DVD extra, but there's a, a music video, quote unquote, of a full version of the Clash of Demon Head performing this oh, song. Cool. So basically, Brie Larson uh, singing this whole song. Uh, and I'm honestly not sure at this point which version I like better. <laughs> They're both really good. And I really like this song. This is honestly my, my favorite from the movie and like favorite from the soundtrack. Uh, it's, it's got such a great energy and it's like just beautiful melody. The bass tones are incredible. Uh, and I, I love it. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, Caleb, but the, the Scott Pilgrim takes place in Canada, yes? In Toronto, yeah. In Toronto. Now, something I've, I've just noticed, because I'm Googling all these bands uh, mm-hmm. that, uh, that they used, such as Plumtree, uh, 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 Drawing a Blank, Help Me Out Here, Broken Social Metric. Scene, Broken uh, Metric. Social the, scene, yeah. These are all Canadian bands. Yeah. And I wonder if that was intentional. Yes, it was. Oh, well, there we go. Yeah, so um, Brian Lee O'Malley was living in Toronto and dating an American uh, like when you he do. wrote this. Um, oh, my God. I I would be doing myself a disservice if I didn't uh, name her because she is also uh, an award-winning uh, comic artist of her own right, um, Hope Larson. Uh, so she's uh, like two-time Eisner Award-winning uh, author and illustrator. Oh, like, neat. Comic uh, comics and graphic novels uh she did a recent run of the batgirl comic which was fantastic i actually remember reading that uh, a few years ago uh, and i didn't realize that that was her and i was fucking stoked to learn that today nice uh but yeah so uh so much of this uh not just the, the characters in the writing but the music is drawn directly from uh, o'malley's real uh, real world experiences uh and so you know metric was a, a toronto band and nb adams was based on Emily Haynes and, you know, broken social scene was, you know, the inspiration for crashing the boys and, you know, plum tree is a Canadian band that uh, O'Malley really loved. So there's all of these connections that like you like, until you really dig into it, like it goes from being a good movie to this robustly developed world where everything makes sense and everything connects. And it was a really cool experience learning all this. Uh, something I did not expect. I was like, I'm going to listen to some cool tracks from this movie I like. 
and then here I am learning how it all fits together. Isn't that neat? It's always fun when, it is when things come together like that. There's so many good tracks on this to to choose from, both the you know, original songs written for uh, for the movie as well as uh, songs that just you know, were kind of inspirational or uh, related to. I mean, there's a track called "I Heard Ramona Sing," which was a favorite of O'Malley's and also happens to have you know one of the lead characters' names in it. Uh, but the, I think the the next one that I really want to uh, to get into uh, is one of the the last. Um, uh, Sex Bob-omb songs from the from the movie, and it's called Threshold. We are Sex Bob-omb, and we're here to make you think about death and get sad and stuff. <laughs> way it just kind of falls apart at the end yeah <laughs> i was just thinking that i uh, like I, I picked this one for for a couple reasons um one because kind of knowing how the, the the writing process works and how like your songs change over time and whatnot this to me uh in my own head canon this is a newer sex bob song they they've been together for a while. They're kind of getting their their chops. They're mm-hmm. uh, they're they're starting to gel as a band, and they put this one together. Where it's still it's rough around the edges, but it feels a little bit more polished. It feels a little bit more like what Sex Bobama's gonna be, and like you know, it's by the time they they put out the 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 first record, like all these other tracks will be kind of old, and they've been playing them for a while. But this one still feels fresh to them, so they still really enjoy playing it live. You know what I'm talking about. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> so that's that's my head canon. Uh, but also in the movie, uh, they play the song uh, in a like a, like live like at the same time, like facing each other across this massive arena duel with uh, an electronica duo. And the way that this like kind of sloppy, fuzzy garage rock band uh, meshes so well with the like. 
twinkly electronica noise that is being made by the uh, the Karyanagi twins uh, is really cool. And I kind of wish that the the um, soundtrack at least had a version of that, if oh, not yeah. like all of that with it, because uh, it works so well. Uh, so that's it, it's fun. I enjoy it. this. This is a one of my my favorite uh, sex bobomb moments in the movie because uh, like you kind of feel them really like taking ownership of it and like really like they have a chance at their dream of like of winning the battle and like getting the the, the record deal and all this stuff and they just fucking go for it. Well, I think we're we're almost to the end of this journey. Um, I got I got one more track that that I want to talk about, but um, first of all, I want to say thank you to. Uh, to everyone who's who's listening right now, whether you're uh, you're a longtime listener of uh, Left of the Dial, or maybe you heard about the uh, the network crossover and you came to to check out this part, uh, and definitely if you are uh, a regular Left of the Dial listener and this has been fun for you, please go check out Fight Jokes About Everything and Superpod Hero Cast, uh, and you know hear what they have to say about this. This has been a really fun thing to, for us to plan, uh, and. Of course, if you want to know more about what we're doing as a network, you can always check out nightshiftradio.com. Uh, we've got some some really great stuff going on there. Uh, and make sure you subscribe for, for updates and all that great content. And keep your eye on the Left of the Dial YouTube channel for Left of the Dial Live. I've... I can't get over how pumped I am about that. I'm so I'm so excited. We j- we just got the uh the graphics package back from our, our designer. Shout out to uh to Jason for uh, designing us oh some killer God. graphics. Uh, looks so good. And I'm just so pumped the way this whole thing's coming together. So I, I hope you all will join us over at leftofthedial.live uh, to get to our YouTube channel to join us for the live stream, which is, again, if you're listening to this uh, the day it comes out, it is tomorrow night, uh, February 13th, 2021. Uh, over on our YouTube channel, we'll be streaming a live set by the Philadelphia band Riverbee, who uh, we did a... Uh, episode on a few months back uh, last year so uh, go ahead and if you haven't checked out that episode go ahead and check that out and get familiar with their music uh, so that you can sing along to your computer screen uh, when they play the live stream it's going to be a lot of fun yeah, and uh, where might, uh, if someone is just joining us, uh, where might they find older episodes? Oh, you can find our older episodes at leftofthedial.fm, where, of course, uh, our older episodes, this episode, probably our future episodes, too, if we don't get shut down by the uh, Federal Podcast Commission. Uh <laughs> <laughs> they'll, they'll be there and you can get uh, our show notes links to everything we've talked about uh links to all of our stuff as well so definitely head over to left uh and if you are so inclined you can also find us on social media we're on the twitter and the instagram at left of the dial pc uh the pc does stand for podcast not plum tree cd not plum tree cd no it's podcast <laughs> Uh, although, you know, now that we're branching out uh, to other avenues, we might have to think about changing that because the PC doesn't make sense anymore. Hmm. Well, we were, we're pushing constraints. There we go. We're still doing that. Popular. <laughs> you con- thought that that was just a January thing, but popular that's, our, content. that's our motto here. Popular content. Left of the dial, popular content. <laughs> there we go. Excellent. I love it. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, hit us up over on, on the social media. Let us know what you thought of this episode. Definitely let us know what you think of the Riverbee live stream because I know you're going to watch it and you're going to love yes. it. And uh, yeah, uh, we're going to be bringing a lot more live streams starting in March. Uh, we're hoping to do one every other week. 
uh, if we can figure out the scheduling and, and get bands in here. You know, COVID makes it hard, but we're doing our best to make it work and make it safe for everyone. So we're going to be doing a lot more of these uh, as time goes on. So keep an eye on that. And uh, yeah, I think that's that's it for the plugs. Yeah. 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 yeah so uh, as we, uh, we we finish out the, this episode, I want to take one more step back to the uh, the video game soundtrack to our uh, Anamanaguchi jams here. Uh, and go out on the track called Another Winter, which is, uh, in my opinion, just an absolute top-tier certified jam. Uh, <laughs> honestly, one of my favorite uh, songs uh, really ever, uh, which is weird to say about an instrumental chiptune song. Uh, but I never hear this without just totally raging. Uh, and it's just, like so high energy, so melodic. It's catchy uh, as hell. It is catchy as hell. I got hell. it in my headphones right now. It's <laughs> put a smile on my face. Exactly. That's what it does. Uh, it's. I mean, it's. It's a perfect song for the. Uh, you know, the first level of the video game where it comes from. It's a perfect song for driving or for exercising or for just like jamming out at home or whatever. I think it's. It's basically a perfect song. So that's what I wanted to leave y'all with. Would you say it's a good song to close a podcast? I would say it's the perfect song to close a podcast. Well, then why don't we use it to close our podcast? What do you say? Let's do it. All right. We're going to do it. Uh, This has been Left of the Dial. I have been Kitsy. Caleb has been Coy. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll be back next week. (laughs) 